بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد وانس رضي الله تعالى عنه قال كانت ناقه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم العضباء لا تسبق او لا تكاد تسبق فجاء عربي على قعود له فسبقها فشق ذلك على المؤمنين حتى عرفه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال حق على الله الا يرتفع شيء من الدنيا الا وضعه رواه البخاري we reach the last hadith of this chapter which deals with tawadu that is humility wa khafd al-janah lil-mu'minin and lowering one's wings in other words adopting leniency kindness softness compassion towards our fellow believers the narrator of the hadith is anas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and he says there was a camel which belonged to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the name of this camel was adba we find that this is one of the mujizat the miracles of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam wherein allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken upon himself to preserve every aspect of the life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to such an extent 14 centuries have passed allah's rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam was born in a desert in the most backward nation of the time a nation which was known for not having the ability of reading and writing there were not many people that could read and write also the literacy level was very very low yet despite those circumstances we find that every aspect of the life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is recorded to the extent that even the names of the camels which rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam rode their names also are recorded adba jada shahba qaswa these are the camels of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we find that on the occasion of hajjatul wada the farewell pilgrimage the famous camel which rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam rode was called qaswa however amongst these camels there was one camel which was known for its speed anas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu describes this camel where he says that la tusbaq aw laka laka la tusbaq aw la takad tusbaq that this camel was such that it could not be outrun it was the fastest it was known among sahaba that this camel was very very fast so it could not be outrun or it could almost not be outrun la tusbaq could not be outrun or la takadu tusbaq or almost could not be outrun however anas radiyallahu ta'ala who mentions one specific occasion where he says faja'a arabiyun ala qa'udin lahu one bedouin came with his conveyance with his camel 
and he had a race with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Here also we learn the mizaj, the temperament, the personality of Rasulullah Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There was once a journey when Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was returning. A journey of jihad, striving in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam instructed Sahabi Kiram to go ahead till there was an element of privacy between himself and Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, the beloved wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then contextualize this in the middle of the desert, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to Aisha, we'd use the term actually which is not completely appropriate but to give us a try, give us an idea or to give us some sort of understanding where, where personality is happy, chirpy, approachable. Allah's Rasul says to Aisha, the young wife, the youngest of his wives, that will you not race with me? Now understand that this is in the Medina period of the life of Rasulullah So the Nabi of Allah is over 50 years of age. At that age, he says to his young wife, will you not race with me in the middle of the desert? At that time, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha outraces Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She wins in that particular race. A little while later, maybe one or two years later, again Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is returning on some journey. Again he requests Sahaba Ikram to proceed. There's an element of privacy. And he says to Aisha, will you not race with me again? On this occasion Aisha says my body had become a little heavy. So I was not as fast as the previous time. And this time Rasulullah sallallahu outraced me. So he's happily, smilingly said to me, Hadi bitilka, the Aisha last time you beat me, this time I beat you. Now this gives us an indication of the personality of Rasulullah sallallahu Despite being the greatest of Allah's creation, his maqam, his status, words cannot do justice. Yet, he was completely approachable completely light-hearted in his dealing with his wife. This occasion, Sahaba Kiram, he was a personality that they could race with, an ordinary Bedouin. Imam Nawi, rahimahullah, mentions this particular incident under this chapter which deals with tawadu and humility for two reasons. On the one, in, one hand, the fact that the Nabi of Allah was such that they could approach him and race with him, a camel race in the desert. This indicates that there was no haughtiness there was no pride, there was no arrogance in the personality of Rasulullah sallallahu And secondly, an ordinary Bedouin, if Allah's Rasul was rigid and harsh-hearted, if he was arrogant, if he was demanding, then there would be no question of any Sahabi outracing him. They would be careful, they would ensure that the Nabi of Allah sallallahu wins every race. But on this occasion, what happens? Fastest camel known for its speed. Yet, interestingly, on this occasion, Ja'arabiyun ala qa'udin lahu fasabaqaha. A Bedouin comes with his conveyance, races with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and then wins the race. Outruns his qa'ud, his camel outruns adba. Fashaqqa dhalika 
Alal Muslimin Hatta Arafahu. This was very difficult. The fact that the Nabi of Allah had been beaten and that Adba had been outrun, which was known for its speed. This was a bitter pill, was something very, very difficult for the companions of Rasulullah wasallam to bear. To such an extent that they hurt at what had occurred became apparent on the faces of the Sahaba. So Anas radiallahu ta'ala says that Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he saw this, فَقَالَ حَقٌ عَلَى اللَّهِ أَلَّا يَرْتَفِعَ شَيْءٌ مِّنَ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا وَضَعَهُ This last section of this hadith is again what we call a glaring or a glowing example of where Rasulullah Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was jawami'ul kalim. When Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at times he would say very little, but whatever he said was voluminous in his meaning. Volumes could be written explaining the meanings of the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam despite their brevity. So that section of the hadith we will come to, but pertinent to the chapter why Imam Nawi rahimahullah mentioned this particular hadith is one further reason is why did Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say this on this occasion understand what had just occurred his camel which was known for its speed suddenly is outrun and not just outrun by some warrior or some great soldier is outrun by an ordinary Bedouin not even known among Sahaba. So on the one hand, there would be an element of resentment in the hearts of Sahaba against this Bedouin. That why didn't you let the Nabi of Allah win? Why did you outrun the Nabi of Allah? Why did you technically, we might say, demean or insult him in this manner by not allowing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to win the race? So there would be this element of hurt and there would be this element of objection in the heart of Sahabai Kiram, towards this particular Arabi or Bedouin. So immediately Rasulullah sallallahu intercedes so that this resentment dissipates. There is absolutely no resentment in the hearts of Sahaba towards the victor. And in this also we see the extreme humility of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam By accepting this defeat, accepting this defeat in a congenial manner, accepting this defeat with a good spirit. This also indicates towards the tawazu and humility of Rasulullah sallallahu Coming to the explanation of the fact that this last section of the hadith constitutes what we call jawami'ul kalim. That Allah's Rasul sallallahu at times would say something very brief but the meaning would be voluminous. In this, a golden principle of this world is indicated towards. Where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi says that haqqun ala Allah it is a right upon Allah. Now this expression in Arabic, haqqun ala Allah, literally translates that it is farz or obligatory, or Allah is compulsory upon Allah, technical. That's the technical translation of this. In reality, nothing is compulsory on Allah. Allah is the one who issues commands. We have to accept the commands of Allah. There is nothing compulsory on Allah. But this is a type of expression which creates emphasis. Haqqun ala Allah. Allah has taken upon himself. 
In other words, Allah will never deviate from this. This is Allah's sunnah. Allah has taken this upon Himself. Know and understand and accept this. That this is a golden principle of life. This is a golden principle of the system of Allah. And what is that? Rasulullah said, Allah yartafi'a shay'un min ad-dunya illa wada'ahu. Nothing, nothing in this world will rise up or will develop to a position of supremacy or status or prominence except that a time will come that Allah will demean it and bring it down. What Quran tells us that Kullu man alayha fan Everything in this world is going to come to an end. Everything in this world will decline. Today what is attractive, what is prominent, what is an object of status, what is making a statement in this world, don't be deceived by it. Why? Because the time will come when it will decline. That is Allah's system, Allah has taken it upon Himself. There was a time, in other words, in this context, there was a time when Adba was the fastest, but Adba will not remain the fastest. Adba will decline. My camel will decline. And in this Rasulullah is teaching Sahaba a golden principle of life that everything will decline. So it is not a sign of intelligence that you that people today are chasing behind the positions of this world, the status of this world, the things of this world. And what is even worse, what is even more ironical is that on these nisbats or these associations with a certain club, certain society, certain wealth, certain position, certain status, people take pride. I've achieved something. I am somebody. The moment this enters the heart, then remember this principle that Rasulullah Sallallahu taught us, Haqqun ala Allah. Allah yartafi'a shayun min dunya illa wada'ahu. That Allah has taken upon Himself that everything that will rise up in this world, He will bring it down. Allah says in the Quran, وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا كَمَا يَنْزَلْ لَهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ فَاخْتَلَطَ بِهِ نَبَاتُ الْأَرْضِ مِمَّا يَأْكُلُ النَّاسُ وَالْأَنْعَامُ حَتَّى إِذَا أَخَذَتِ الْأَرْضُ زُخْرُفَهَا وَزَيَّنَتْ وَظَنَّ أَهْلُهَا أَنَّهُمْ قَادِرُونَ عَلَيْهَا أَتَاهَا أَمْرُنَا لَيْلًا وَنَهَارًا فَجَعَلْنَاهَا حَصِيدًا كَأَن لَّمْ تَغْنَ بِالْأَمْسِ كَذَلِكَ نُفَصِّلُ الْآيَاتِ لِقَوْمٍ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ Beautifully in this verse of the Quran, time is limited, we've run out of time actually. Allah draws up the analogy, an example of this world. Allah says, وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلَ الْحَيَاةِ dunya." Expound before them, place before them the example of the life of this world. What is it? Allah gives the example of a barren land. Rain waters fall. What happens? Crops start growing. Lush vegetation is found. Beautiful blooming flowers. In other words, it develops to, to its zenith, to its height. It's beautiful, it's attractive. But, The people feel now we have achieved something. We are in control of the situation. But, Then Allah's Amr comes, Allah's decree comes. Either day, day or night, a storm comes, a tornado comes, winter comes, dryness comes. And eventually, what is lush and attractive today will become fodder. And will perish in front of our eyes. As if it was nothing yesterday. So like that every human being, you are healthy, you are proud, you are strong. That health, that strength does not remain. It declines. Likewise, everything in this world will decline. It will develop and then it will start declining. As if it never even existed. Where are the great rulers of yesterday? 
We are the great tyrants of yesterday. We are the people of position and status of yesterday. All have perished. The only zat and being that is free of perish or decline is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ala kullu shayin ma khalallaha batilu. Everything besides Allah is batil. So this principle is referred to in this hadith. Haqqun ala Allah. Allah yartafi'a shayu min dunya illa wada'ahu. It is the right upon Allah that nothing will rise up in this world except that Allah will bring it down. There are exceptions to this. What is the exception? يَرْفَعِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ دَرَجَاتِ That there are certain things that Allah will preserve, will not allow it to decline. Allah says in the Qur'an, people of Iman and the knowledge of deen, Allah says we will raise them, we will elevate them. In other words, as long as you link yourself to Iman and A'mal, Iman and Ilm, as long as you link yourself to the ahkamat of Shariat, as long as you link yourself in your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then these things Allah will preserve, Allah will elevate. Otherwise, every nisbat and association of this world will be a target of decline.